Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 11. Today is the first episode in our new arc, the Ark of the Archetype. But before we get into that, hit our theme song. Hey, Ryan, we're back. It's episode 11, a little hiatus, but we're, we're back in the air. We are back. So exciting. Uh, yes, 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 yes. And beautiful day outside. I wish I was outside, but no. Got to record in, a podcast. Inside doing podcast stuff. Yeah, at least we got a good view. Yes, we do. The beautiful South Saskatchewan River. We got paddleboarders. We got people walking their dogs. We got somebody on a kayak out there. I could see Gordy Howell Bull from here. That's where the riders are doing their spring camp. Right. Yeah, they're doing Fan Appreciation Day today. Yep. And today my, is... I think my brother-in-law is here. Probably go drink beer with him. Beer is awesome. Yeah, car show today too. That's less my thing, more your thing. Yeah. Still fun. What is both of our thing? What do we got to talk about? What do we got to clear up from last time, as it were? I believe we're talking about, was it greedy mana bases we wanted to touch yeah, on Yeah, we got to touch on a greedy mana base. It seems like we're just drawing this out forever. But uh, I guess for final clarification is um, two things. Greedy mana base. We could be talking about stretching a mana base across three different colors. Like our most recent episode with our Marchesa. That's right. When you're talking about needing white on turn one, red, red, turn two, black, 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 turn three, yep. that it, it demands a lot of your mana base. That's you being greedy, putting cards in your deck that demand a lot of your mana yep. base. It also makes your mana base greedy for the stuff in your wallet, which is your money. Very much so, yeah. And uh, I guess the other way to look at a greedy mana base is if, you know, you've got three-color deck like your Marchesa deck and you're putting, like what I always say, lots of utility lands in. Utility mm-hmm. lands usually only give you one color or zero colors. They just add colorless. That's you being greedy trying to get extra effects, spell-type effects out of your mana base instead of getting mana-type effects out of it. That's so, your uh, your Rogue's Passages and your Maze of Aiths and all that kind of stuff. Very much so. So yeah. that's thing one we wanted to clear up. Um, get your dual lands, but get your utility lands, but get your mana-producing lands before anything else, I exactly. guess. Exactly. I think that the filter lands might be my favorite EDH lands, just as an aside. Just because they color fix kind of all by themselves. You can have an island and a mystic gate, and you've got white, white, you've got blue, blue, you've got blue, white. That's right. That's... Or um, the ones from Odyssey. If you're not into paying like 20 to $40 for the Lorwyn mystic gates, you could always get the Odyssey ones. They they only give you white, they give blue. You, yeah, white, blue, and you achieve that by tapping a colorless land. Or generic land. It doesn't need to be colored like with Mystic Gate. Right. right? Yes. Could be colorless. So that's kind of a cool. Yeah. And they're like a dollar, two, three dollars instead of thirty. Yeah, they're what, like two thousand percent less money. Yeah. When you say it like that, they sound like a great option. Absolutely. And if you're talking like the Canadian to American conversion, they're like seven thousand less percents. Yeah. Which is yeah. A lot. Seven thousand is more than two. We brought up the Odyssey Math. sorry, not the Odyssey, the Lorwyn filter lands. Big yes, shout out to Snow-Covered Lands podcast. They did a Lorwyn episode a little while back. I think that's still their most recent episode. Reminiscent. Yeah, Lorwyn was a good time. At first, I hated it because of the art style. Yeah. But as I kind of got into Lorwyn, they had all sorts of fun effects, and like all the characters were really cool, and they were kind of stepping into the more character-driven narratives. And play. I really that, enjoyed that's that. That's right. And and they talked on Snow-Covered podcast. It was, it was Nick and Eric, I believe, were talking about it, and they talked about the folklore of Lorwyn or the story of Lorwyn is supposed to resemble like um, European folklore. Sure, yeah. And the Kithkin were actually supposed to be like halflings, like hobbits. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought that they were just like stupid little things that they didn't want to make 
humans because they didn't want to have humans on Lorwyn. You but, didn't know that just by looking at them? Well, yeah, but I they don't look like hobbits. They look like Quasimodo. <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't look like hobbits. Anyways, we got to push on here because we got a, a, lots to a get pretty packed today. episode here, and we got a couple other things that we wanted to talk about. Um, Kyle Bifferato, the Biff. Biff. The Biff got his card. Congratulations. Yes, very good. Yeah. We sent him. Biff he Nosferatu. That's yes. a great name. He, we're just going to continue to make his name less and less what his name actually is. Correct. Biff Nosferatu. That's great. Yeah. What's it going to be next yeah. week? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know. I hope he's a wrestler, though, because he's going to take that name, dress as a vampire, except from like, like Back Gangrel. to the Future. It's going to be awesome. Oh, Back to the Future style vampire? Yeah. Excellent. Biff Nosferatu. And he does bloodbaths like... Uh, like, like Gangrel. Um, like Gangrel and yeah. Christian and Edge used to do before Christian and Edge were like cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he got his card. We sent him a birthing pod and he tells me it already found a home in a deck, which is good. Hooray. Uh, next thing, iTunes. We're on it. We're finally on it. How cool is that? Very. Our I got, SS feeds are terrible things. Yes, I finally oh. got around to doing it on, uh, I guess, due to public request or popular request. Public demand. Public domain, yeah, sure. So you can search Commander Cookout, uh, Commander Cookout Podcast, probably yeah. just Commander Cookout on iTunes, and you will find all of our episodes are on there. That's great. Yep. That's you can sub- sub- subscribe to us, leave a comment. Apparently that helps out a lot. I'm yeah. first-time iTunes uploader, so yeah. do it. Yeah, just do it up. All those people who have complained, oh, your episodes are hard to listen to because you're not on iTunes. No excuses. Yep. No excuses. I'm going to put that on a T-shirt. Wear it. CCO, no excuses. Exactly. Yep. And you can, of course, find us on Commander Society. And uh, Hayes does a pretty good job of making sure that Commander Society is engaged and easily findable through Facebook. He posts our episodes on there. And also, if you just go commandersociety.com, you can find us there. He takes good care of us over there. He's a good guy. Twitter, at CCO Podcast. Boom. And... CommanderCookout at gmail.com. If you want to say something for more than 144 characters. Yeah, I wish it was ccopodcast at gmail.com, but the damn church stole that from us. We yeah. haven't talked about that for a while. We have not. <sighs> yeah, plans are still in the works. We'll get it back. You I think suppose. we won't, but we will. Yeah. And the main thing, or well, before we get to the main thing, new archetype. We're going to do Arc of the archetype. Arc of the archetypes. So the next five episodes are going to be about all of the different archetypes of EDH. Yes. Commander, whatever. The type of decks that you are going to play. What does that mean? It means we're doing a new contest. Oof. Love contests. Yep. So similar to our last contest, we're going to do, um, I guess, a like, a retweet, um, a, a subscribe, a comment. If you can point somebody at CCO Podcast on some social media platform and they start listening, subscribing, condom, commenting, whatever it is, you get entered in. We're going to do a random giveaway for what we think is going to be a couple packs of something. Something. Who knows what? Could be Amonkhet packs. Could be something older. Could be uh, Hour of Devastation, depending on when we finish this archetype. There's a place in town that has Legends packs. Oh, baby. You never know. But And if you're doing what we're going to do, what we're going to talk about in a couple episodes, but what you can do with these packs, Legends would probably be great. Oh, it. it would be so terrible. Oh, man. We are talking about a fun, casual drinking game that we play when we open up packs of yeah, magic. That cards. we invented. Let's yeah. not, let's give ourselves some credit. We invented the greatest magic related drinking game that has ever been invented. Yeah. And in a couple of episodes, we're going to tell you about it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's the new contest. Stay tuned for that. Yep. And I guess 
Is that everything? I think that's all the stuff we wanted to cover. Um, oh, Anti Crumpet. Anti Crumpet. S- subscribed or friended us on tappedout.net. I didn't even know that you could do that, but apparently that's a thing. D- what? So shout out to Anti Crumpet. Right. He's got a couple EDH decks on there, um, and he liked our Hobo Gear Report deck. Awesome. So yeah. he's we awesome really liked our Hobo Gear Report deck. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Also, tappedout.net, CCO podcast. All of our deck lists that we're going to talk about are on there, except maybe for this show. I think we're going to talk more broad strokes. Yeah, today. there's no deck stroke, deck, broad strokes, deck strokes. Deck there's strokes? no. Really? There's really? no. <laughs> You're going to say that? This is a family friendly show, Ryan. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Come on, dude. There's no deck lists on tapped out for this episode. But since we brought up the Hope of Gearport deck list, I do want to talk. We're still going to do a card of the week this week, which right. is Umazawa's Jite, because that card wrecked me. Oh, yeah. Marchesa versus Hope of Gearport. Oh, man. It and just... I was beating wholesale ass with Gearport. And I was like, and I was sharing the love, equipping, beating. You take seven, you take eight, you take five, you, you, you. Everybody was eating shit. Yeah, every, it was it was biblical. It was pretty bad. And then Marchesa lands. Umazawa's Jite. Oh. Jeet, jeet. So Jeet, when you equip it and the equip creature deals damage, doesn't even need to be combat damage. It just damage gets, anything. Gets two charge counters. The Jeet gets the counters. That's important. Correct. So when it's not equipped, you can still use it. Yeah. Which is crazy. Oh, it doesn't even make sense. So remove a counter, target or equipped creature gets yep. plus two plus two. Right. And you can give a creature plus four plus four. That's pretty good. Cause it's two counters. That's not the reason that it bent me over. No. Yeah. F you that. could remove a counter to. Gain two life. Also. Excellent. That's why it's in Karlov. Yeah. Still not the reason it bent me over. No, because you're dealing commander damage. So. Yeah. So in the Hope of Gearpore, I think that was episode uh, five. You could you could find it on iTunes. On iTunes now. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And it's got lots of X1 creatures. Yep. X2 creatures. Yep. That's why Jeet bent me over, because its other ability is remove a charge counter, give target creature minus one, minus one until end of turn. Yep. And Whenever. one well-placed Mortify gets rid of that Hope of the Gear Report the first time. Absolutely. It, it ain't never be in more than a 1-1. One, one, ever. As soon as I tried to equip anything with one or two power, you move a counter from Jeet, it dies. Yep. I'm sure Hope of Gear Report costed like 15 mana. He was costing a lot and by the And my Graveyard was full. And I was so. just beating in with like, I had nothing. I was just beating in with like a 4-4. Four, four. Yep. So Jeet's definitely one of those cards that you want to work towards owning in your collection because it does go in lots of different decks, but it is 24 bucks. Yeah, they're lots of money. They're, yeah. they're an investment. They're like the swords. We talked about during March Age. We talked about how swords, yeah. they can totally warp a game, but you're going to pay $100 to do... To get five swords, you're going to pay at, north at least, of 100 Yeah. American. Just, yeah, so like 500 Canadian. At least. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So card of the week, that's it. It's a good card of the week from last week and this week. Card of the week. Moving into main topic? Yeah, let's do it, yeah. Let's, let's get into this. Okay, the arc of the archetype. Sorry if you could hear me just moving my mic, it squeaked. <laughs> so I guess we got to start with what is an archetype. Yes. And bear with us, I am going to read one sentence, and Brando always says that it is the death of radio to read directly from a script, but yep. I want to make sure that I get this right. So an archetype is a generally recognized strategy, build type, or even a particular deck, which we'll talk about, yep. that takes advantage of or exploits a certain set of game mechanics or conditions. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It's it, a technical way of saying it's something that you recognize. Yeah. Yeah. And an archetype it becomes defined when there's a reoccurring theme or strategy being employed by a subsection of the group of players in a playgroup. 
right? Yep. So um, playgroup's got a few people. They all start doing some certain thing because it starts to win, right? right. And that certain thing might be jamming a whole bunch of quick or, or small casting cost creatures, playing them out onto the board and attacking for damage as soon as you can get in there. That's aggro. We would call that an aggro deck. Yes. That's right. Aggro's one of the archetypes. The other ones that we're going to talk about today for the purposes of this this, this discussion are going to be Control, Combo, okay. yeah. and Ultron. EDH exclusive archetype. Yeah, exclusive. Yeah. Now, there are a couple other things that you might hear get thrown out there, and we might even say these things when we go through the conversation. We're talking about, like we said, aggro, combo, control, Voltron. Those are the super types, right? Within those types, they might you might have a subtype or read something about something called... Uh, mid-range deck. Mid-range deck. Thank yeah. you. And mid-range deck might be a certain way that you have to kind of float a deck towards aggro or float it towards combo based on or float it based float it towards control based on the decks that you're facing at the table yeah and if you want to learn more about something like that you can read an article by one mike flores called who's the beatdown oh right yeah written in 1999 super old but still super relevant and relevant to this discussion because you can build a deck a certain way Based on in-game factors or your metagame, you could play it a totally different way. Correct. We could both sit down with really aggressive aggro decks, but if your deck gets a better jump out of the gate than mine does, all of a sudden I got to play control to control your faster, better start aggro. My beatdown. Exactly. Right. You're the beatdown in that game, so I have to be the control. Very good article if you want to read um, some some hardcore magic theory that very much stood the test of time. That's still relevant today. Yeah, how many years old is that? Like 18 years old? Yeah, it's a long time. Oh. That's older than some of the people listening to the show. It's as old as my brother. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned metagame. I think that's the other thing because we are going to talk a little bit about metagame, and that is the game outside of the game. The Shahrazad, if you will. Yes. Look that card up. Yeah, that's a good card. Send us one in the mail, too, if you have one. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll alter it or sign it or... And then keep it. And then keep it. Yes, yes, that's the key part. Yeah, the key is it's not coming back to your house. So the metagame starts even before before you even sit down at your buddy's house or your gaming store to play, right? The metagame starts with you saying, what am I going to see? What am I going to face? How am I going to build to beat that? Yep. Right? It's you deciding what's currently being played in your group and then the steps that you take to play it. And then when you sit down with your group of buddies or at your store or whatever, what's everybody else playing? Are we playing real decks? Are we playing fun decks, casual decks? When I sit down against Brando, I know he's probably playing some form of an aggro deck. Yep. So how am I going to beat that? Am I going to play an even aggroier deck? It's a word. Or am I going to play a control deck to take advantage of, uh, maybe to try and slow the game down? Yeah. Right? And... We can jump right into it then. Yeah, we can go straight into yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about how I like to play aggro. That's a good segue. Let's go into to aggro. What is aggro? Sure. Besides so, my favorite format to play. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Aggro. I like aggro too. So we're going to spend some time talking about its intricacies and stuff. But I guess you start with aggro is what the game is predicated on. Aggro is like the fastball in baseball, right? Yeah. If you can hit 95 plus miles an hour in baseball, you're a good pitcher. And all of your other pitches are predicated on how sweet your fastball is. Yeah. Yeah. It determines the rest of the meta 
if somebody has a turn four, turn five, every single game aggro deck, the rest of the play group or meta has to adjust to that. Yep. You have to deal with somebody that's going to beat you on turn five. Because it's like if Zada was going off every single turn, every single game, turn four, turn five, you got to yep. adjust Zada to beat or that. Uh, Cranko yep. next week. That Cranko is I don't want to get episode. into our, our yep. aggro examples yet, but the notes I got say it tends to be fast and hard hitting. Which Accurate? is exactly what it is, yes. Okay. It attacks or I say attacks like it wants to kill or destroy key pieces of the opponent's board to maximize the effectiveness of its strike. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. They tend to win by attacking. Yep, they win with dudes turning sideways. By turning magic cards sideways and pointing at somebody, you go die, and that's how they win. They're yeah. Just, they're not subtle. They're not fancy. Yeah, and <clears throat> I think when... Is what it, uh, on the surface, anyway. On the surface, right. yeah. I think that's important to say because when we talk about control, I don't want it to sound like the rest of the magic population who thinks that they're better than everybody else because yeah. they play control or they only play blue. Yeah. Those are magic snobs. Yeah. They're tryhards. And, yeah, and you don't... Maybe you have more decisions to to be made in control deck, but you're going to see the intricacies of playing aggro are yeah. just as... Just as prevalent, I guess, right? Absolutely. The thing I want to say about aggro for sure is they tend to find themselves in tempo advantage situations more often than card advantage situations. Right. They're willing to throw away a card or a blocker or an attacker to get in there to get you closer to dying than, I mean, they, they don't care about having that card advantage as much. Right. Right. And... I guess mechanics like Hellbent and uh, that one where you discard a card to make a creature bigger. It's all predicated on making that one big strike better. You want to make each attack as good as it possibly can be. And if that means sacrificing some of your own resources, that's fine. That's where we run into that issue. We talk about sometimes we've talked about in other episodes, never really explained it, where you run out of gas. That's the aggro thing is you have gas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's talk about gas yeah. a little bit. Yeah. What, do you, what do you want yeah. to call that? Gas is your cards in hand. It's your permanence on the table. With aggro, if you only have one card in your hand and nothing on the table, you probably don't have anything. If you have a bunch of stuff on the table and nothing in your hand, you probably have a whole bunch. Because the more resources that you have to play with... Here's a good example. Yeah. Okay, so you've got, you got a field full of dudes... You're yep. ready to get in, but your opponent's got a, f- a field full of dudes as well. Yeah. If he had no blockers, then you could swing in and win. Yep. Okay? You top deck on the start of your turn, overrun. Bang, you did. Straight gas. Yeah. Right? Plus three, plus three, and trample to your whole team. You're going to yep. mull over and beat ass. Yep. Right? If you draw Cyclonic Rift, straight gas, yep. because you're going to bounce their whole board and swing in. Right. It's about using your cards at the time you get them for the most effect you can possibly use them. For the reason that they're in the deck. Exactly. Every card is there for a purpose because they are efficient and looking at them on their own, a lot of the times the more aggro you get, the less good your cards are individually in a lot of cases. You kind of got to have the whole machine working to to get things going properly the way that you want them to go. Yeah, that's right. And usually, I mean, barring... Ramp decks, I guess ramp deck, that's a kind of another term that you're going to hear yeah. that probably fits into control, combo, or aggro. Correct. Ramp deck. 
when you ramp, you're going to do something. What What's the purpose of the deck? To beat wholesale ass with big creatures once you ramp? Yeah, that's probably Usually. an aggro deck. Yeah. Right? Ramp up into, you know, uh, an infinite combo that takes 13 mana to complete? That's probably a combo deck. Yeah. Even though it's a ramp deck, air quotes. Yeah. Right? Just, I guess, a by the by. Yeah. Let's get back to aggro. Yes. Examples. I have Kalia. Kalia of the Vast. Yeah, I also have Kalia of the Vast. Kalia. Okay, yeah. so she's a four mana creature. Yep. She's a two two, I think, with flying. Is she two, a two? two? I don't think she's very big. She's not very big, but she does yeah. fly. So when she attacks, her ability says put an angel, demon, or dragon, dragon into play, tapped and attacking. Yeah. That's that's the most aggro thing you can you can do. Straight gas. Yeah. Right? Every time. She is gas because when you play an attack with her, she's gonna put something into play for free. You don't even need ramp. Yeah, you get your nine mana dude on turn five. Four, five. Or four, because if you probably have somebody giving her haste, because you're playing the colors that are going to give her haste. Exactly. Red. Right? She is red, black, white. Yep. Right? And then one other generic. I believe she's also the most expensive commander product general by a... Ooh, yeah, she, she might be. I think she is, yeah. Yeah, she's certainly... She's like 40 bucks. She's a lot of, she's a lot of cash. Oh, man. Sheesh. And she's getting reprinted in Commander Arsenal, right? Or she, Commander Anthology. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she was, was in Commander's Arsenal, but only as foil, so that does a lot to drive the price down. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she's good. Love the art, too. Yes. Very much so. She's got cool wings. She's a big... I wish she was an angel herself, because she looks like an angel. She's got wings. Yeah, she's very angel. What is she? She's a human cleric. She kind of <laughs> got, like, dragony looking wings on a human. I don't she know what you call Or a demon. She should be all three of those. She things. should be all three. That would be so cool. Yeah. she got big horns on her. Angel, demon, dragon. Bah, Legendary creature, angel, demon, dragon. I don't know if that would fit on the type line. It'd be worth it. Yep. Drink it down. Just do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Who else uh, do we got? Other examples. I got, I got Cranko. We're going to talk about him next week. I also got um, Zozu the Punisher. He's a really great aggro general too. Zozu. Yep. Because uh, he play a land, deal two damage to lands controller. Yep. Or land player. Yeah. Right? That works for you. It hurts you too. But again, all your stuff is efficient. It's gas. It's cheap. Whereas if you're playing a big control deck, they're going yeah, to drop you, those If you big, top yeah. deck a land late game when you need gas, you just play a land. Zozu. Oh, no, then it deals damage to you. Yeah. Oh, Zozu. no, this isn't any good. No, what no, is the deal? Zozu is your control deck, at your, at your anti-control deck aggro general. Whoa. It's if, you play a big, if you're playing a control-heavy meta, you want to play aggro, you play Zozu because you get to play hyper-aggressive red, where Zozu punishes those big mana control spells. Oh, I see. P- yeah. Punishes ramp decks, yep. which... <laughs> is one of my examples, Omnath, either uh, Omnath, yep. old Omnath or new Omnath. Now, you could play a Voltron Omnath deck, yep. but right that, now we're talking about Aggro. Green Omnath I have as a Voltron general. But you also have new Angry Omnath, the red, Yeah, and I play him. In, I play him in an Aggro deck. In an aggro deck. And it's just a big mana. Yep. Uh, you get landfall for lots of different cards. You play land, turns into gas. Yep. You can start to see a theme. You're starting to turn everything into your in your deck into a weapon. Yep, everything in your deck is a weapon to hurt the other guy. Yeah, That's... as opposed to when we talk about control in a minute, everything in your deck turns into like a, a counter attack. Yeah. Right, or a defensive maneuver. It's meant to deal with things that usually the aggro deck is doing. Yeah, I got Rith here as well. Rith, I like. Rith the Awakener is a dragon from originally Invasion. I think that's why he's got a, he, she, has a soft spot in my heart. Right. Uh, tap three when they attack, and then you get a sapperling for each color that you choose of permanence on the battlefield. Yeah. Six, pretty, six flyer. Just a 
billion. Make a billion. Six six flyer for six. There's nothing wrong, nothing with, wrong that. with that. I one like more that. that one more that I wanted to talk about. I just found him and remembered him the other day. Rurik Thar, the unbowed. Do you oh, know who he is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six six for six, just like Rith. Yeah. Vigilance and reach. I guess Weird. that's kind of red-ish or is... greenish. Green, I think. Maybe. Yeah, anything. Sure. Anyways, Rurik Thar, the unbowed, attacks each turn if able. That's a red ability for sure. Yeah. Whenever a player casts a non-creature spell, Rurik Thar deals six damage to that player. Oh, so you want to cast your counter spell? Take six anyways. Yeah, you, you want to combo off? You want to play some Storm? Six. G- six G-G, bro. Every single time. Yeah, yeah I like that Dark guy Dark Ritual, sure. six you. Unearth, six you. Six you, six you. It's so good. Yeah. It's a, it's a great aggro general. Yeah. I and like it's my favorite color. colors to play also. 79 cents. Yeah. Wow, well, like fifteen Canadian, like fifteen dollars Canadian. Yeah, so still a little bit out of reach for the budget player here in Canada. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that guy. I forgot about him too. Okay, he's good. Okay, let's recap. Strengths fast, offensive, leads the game in the direction that aggro itself wants to go. Yeah. Right? That's why it's make it makes the decisions. Yep. It's like an unruly dog. I suppose. Pulls so. you all around. Yeah. Either, the control you go deck there is trying to leash it in. Yep. Right? And Probably when we talk about combo, combo is Kind of doesn't really care about it. Doesn't any of care that stuff. It just tries to do what it. Yeah, combo is the person sitting on the deck, barbecuing a steak, looking at you, trying to fight with your dog. That's yeah. the combo deck. Is. The uh, the entire the entire game, or if you play with a reoccurring group of people like we do, yep. the entire meta can even be predicated on how fast a very uh, very much reoccurring aggro deck is. Like yep. if if because you're the aggro player yep. out of this relationship that we have. Yeah. If you only had two decks, both of them were aggro decks. Yep. Well, I would have to build some control. The whole decks. game would revolve around not dying by turn four or five because you're playing aggro decks every single time. Yep. Right. I guess you could say the same about control too, but that doesn't mean you have to win faster when you're playing against control. Yeah. Or survive longer when you're playing against control. Yes. Right. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to say about aggro, this is just why I like it, and I'll get into this in, in at a later date. Um I really like aggro because it allows you as a human to do a little bit more to influence the game state, like your personality and the way you present yourself and the actual physical way that you lay a card on the table and stuff is a lot more um, meaningful in an aggro deck. Like you can make a card seem way bigger. And I have an example of this from the last time we this played is, Magic this together. This is one of the reasons that I say I think that you're better at EDHing than I am yeah. because you are yeah. a little bit more animated yeah. where I'm a little bit more um, introverted when yeah. when I play. Yeah. When we were playing last, a couple weeks ago, I was playing my Omnath Locus of Rage deck, and you were playing, I think it was even a control deck, wasn't it? Uh, it was Captain Sisse. Captain yeah, Sisse. you had to remind me of this, because this actually and, made me mad. Yeah, and we were sitting there, across, we're playing a big six-player game, we're sitting there, and Ryan's like, attack you for nine. And I just sat there and just shook my head. Nope. Don't do that. I had a bunch of untapped mana, a bunch of cards in my hand, just sitting there. Nope. Don't even do that. Just don't. And I, I shook my head, and Ryan didn't do it because he's like, "Oh, what's and Brando said, gonna? Okay. What's he gonna do to okay. me?" Okay, I, I, I was sensitive to the fact that he probably had something, yep. and, and I didn't, uh, and he didn't. Yep. But you totally know what? There him. was other profitable attacks to be had, so I did. Dealt yep. a whole crap ton of damage. Uh, Captain Sisse deck getting all big legends and stuff, right? Yep. Next, go around the table. You got. Attacked again. I split the damage between three different people, and not then me. I got, I got, yeah, not Brando. I got blown out. All my creatures died except for um, what's her name, Karametra, uh, because right. she's indestructible. And once I got blown out by Smitty, Fu Smitty, <laughs> and at this point I was at three because people were cracking me back. 
Yep. And I was fine because I was going to gain a whole bunch of life off of like nine, nine life linkers the next turn. Dan ooganed me to death. And I was the first player out. F you, Dan. F you, Dan. And I thought, oh, come on, there's three people. Or sorry, I'm at three life. Don't kill me. And Dan was like, no, we got to start taking players out. And it was almost two full hours before yeah. the next person got eliminated from the game. And I sat there drinking beer and eating pretzels by myself. Like, I'm complaining that's a bad time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and who, who nobody died. Who eliminated that player? You? I did. Who eliminated the next player after that? Hold on that? a sec. Who was that next player that got eliminated? It was Dan. Dan. God yeah. damn. Yeah. And then after that, I kill. And I killed Dan like, I'm going to do something. And then I just killed him in response. And then I killed JJ, F-U-J-J. And I killed Smitty after that. And how much life did I have left? This is my favorite part. I don't know. Nine. Nine. I you was were going to swing for nine drunk at me. by myself crying in the corner by that time. Yeah, and I won that game because I managed to convince you with my face to not attack me for nine. And that's why aggro was great, because it allowed me as a human being to win a game without playing any magic. Because you're a bully. Yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't be a bully, kids. Me. Don't no, do that. Don't I didn't actually that. bully him. I just no, made him just... think I had more stuff. He respected my magic skills enough to think, oh, crap, what's he going to do? I respected the deck he was playing enough because I had seen it. And that goes back to the metagame, right? Yep. I knew what that deck does and was capable of. I knew, even if it was a brand new Omnath deck, I, I'm familiar enough with the card and yep. what a red-green deck might contain if Omnath is the commander. So yep. attack somebody else. Got in for lots of damage. Yeah. Just wasn't quite enough to eliminate anybody and was a turn before I had lifelink. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the weaknesses anyway. of aggro... Can run out of gas. Yes, the, the running out of gas, I think, so is the key. You distinctly yeah. have to build for that, or you distinctly have to hold cards. You got to sandbag a little bit, yeah. and that's part of the intricacies of playing it. Yeah, and right? we'll get into that when we actually talk about the aggro deck. I think. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we when next week we're yeah. doing aggro first. Yeah. Um, might not have a high enough top end. Now, in Brando's example, we, in Brando's example, he did win a six-player game. Yep. Right. And when we go from four to five to six players, that's kind of when control starts to kind of take the reins and say, yeah. I can win this because I've got things that can stop the biggest threats an aggro deck can play. Yep. Um, but doesn't necessarily hold true all the time. So just make sure you're playing your aggro deck to the most of its ability. And we're going to talk about that next week. Yep. Yes, we are. Mass removal can be backbreaking again. Yes, again. That's again just, taking your gas away. It's like siphoning gas out of your gas tank. Yep. Know the meta, right? Yep. And be, and be prepared to be hit with the Wrath of God. Always build assuming you're going to get Wrath of God. Every time. Absolutely. Play your Wraths, kids. Yo, there. You there took my is. job. That's right. Lots of moving pieces or intricacies. Yep. You got to know what everything does. You got to know why everything's there. Particularly gonna... if you have tutors, right? Yep. How am I going to end this game one turn sooner? How am I going to not let that combo player take one more? How am I going to prevent somebody from getting that next card draw? Exactly. Right? That is classical magic theory doesn't matter what format you're playing right correct how do i end this sooner particularly if you're aggro or combo yeah yeah so do we want to move on yes we do have we beat it to death we sure have control oh yeah not brando's favorite but i like it i play it and i think it's worth noting that not all control decks are mono blue 35 counterspell dot deck i think that's a trap lots of people fall into when they're building them very much so and every First time EDH deck builder, immature, I, I call them immature magic players because I used to be one and now I don't do things like this anymore. We but can say that stuff. Yeah, we can say that stuff. We're adults. Exactly. 
everybody wants to build the, oh, I want to build the mono blue prison counter deck, right? Don't build that deck, yeah, first of all. Guy. And second of all, we already talked about Cyclonic Rift earlier in the episode in the aggro section. Yep. You could use it instead of something like an Overrun. Yep, or you could use it along with Overrun. Exactly. It's a great card. Right. Um, clear your whole opponent's board and swing in for the win. Yep. In that regard, it functions very closely to Overrun. Yep. Right. Yep. Especially if you've got the onboard presence to kill somebody just by swinging at them without the pump. Yep. Cyclonic Rift's going to do the same thing. Exactly. Okay, so I guess before we get into control, we've got a little, you call it rock, paper, scissors. I call yeah. it a love triangle. Whatever. Both work. So Both are fun. Generally. Yes, way high up, bird's eye view. Yeah. Aggro beats combo because it's a little bit faster, yep. right? Combo doesn't give a crap what aggro's doing. Doesn't it's just... Have- it's not interacting with it. Yeah, it doesn't care. It just wants to combo as quickly as possible. And in EDH, it's kind of tricky because you got 100 cards singleton. There are some exceptions we understand, but again, bird's eye view. Yep. Control beats aggro because it forces them to play a different game that they want to play. Yep. Right? It takes away their gas or it dulls the sharp point that they built their deck to be. Yep. Right. And then combo beats control because combo only cares about its own game. Right. right. Control can't really I guess combo just doesn't want to interact on an access. It doesn't doesn't care what access it is. Yeah. Not aggro's access, not control's yeah. access. Generally speaking, crawl space isn't going to stop a combo deck, whereas it could mess with an aggro deck. Yeah. I think that's a good example. Yeah. Okay, so control, what is it? What do we want to talk about? It tries to keep the aggro deck on its heels. I think that's an important thing where aggro wants to lunge in and point its pointy weapon. It wants to get to the pointy stick. Uh, control wants to wear a really thick shirt that the stick can't go through. Yeah. And then once it can't go through, pushes the aggro deck backwards and has it backpedaling into a corner. Yep. And then drops the corner, pushes it off a cliff. That's how control works. Yeah, I suppose so. It's finding, it's saying nice doggy until you can find a rock. That's what playing, uh, control is. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. So it tends to be a lot slower and uh, doesn't win the early game usually because it's spending its early and mid-game resources to survive or deal with the threats that the aggro deck or the combo deck or the Voltron deck yep. put down on the table. They're trying to set up lanes that you... It's trying to control what you're going to do, hence the name. So you have to attack down a certain lane, come at them from a certain access, and then they block access to that path. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's how they beat you. That's how they take you down. And I think it's important to mention because we talked about the tempo advantage of the aggro deck, the control deck almost actively doesn't want the tempo advantage. It wants the card advantage, right? So when the aggro deck is throwing cards away for that quick benefit, the control deck, if it has a way to deal with aggro's quick benefit, is going to take advantage of having more cards. It conserves those resources. Yeah, more cards means more resources to do things. It gives you more choices on how to dispatch a certain problem. Yep. Right? So, examples. First one I got written down is future episode, Grand Arbiter August Augustine. Augustine the fourth. Yeah, he was such a dirtbag. Yeah, blue, white, two. And he is, opponent spells cost one less to play. And blue and white. Oh, sorry. One more to play. Yeah. And my own spells cost one less to play if they're blue or if they're white. 
Very good. So he actually speeds up a control deck. He gives you a tempo advantage, slows down your opponent. Yeah. And he's, he's he, the he controlliest of control. He does what the control deck wants to do to a T. He is like yeah. pure control. Yeah. He right? takes away the free spells that you could get from some angro or even combo decks. Like he's he's very good at, yeah. at being he's a control cool. deck. Who do you got? Who do I, I got Zergo Helm Smasher. Zergo. He, and yeah, interestingly he's my favorite enough, control guy. I got Zergo in my Voltron section. So why is Zergo in your control section? Because you can play every Wrath with him. Every Wrath. And, and Wrath is my, that's my way of controlling the board in EDH. When I think control in EDH, I'm thinking playing big spells that wipe out everything your opponent has. Swing, I'm thinking Zergo with a World Slayer on it. That's control to me. Very excellent. Let's give Zergo a read, and then we'll talk about World Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, black, white, red, two for a 7-2 haste. Boom. Yeah, okay, so sounds like a Voltron yeah. Commander, because he can yeah. hit you three times and you're dead. Yeah, how controlly is that? Okay, Zergo Helm Smasher attacks each turn of him. It tells you what to do. Yeah. Okay, but still not a Voltron? No, still still a control card. Get okay. to the last part. Read the last part. Zergo Helm Smasher has Indestructible as long as it's your turn. Ah, there it is. So okay. you play the Wrath of God, you eliminate the aggro decks, you eliminate the... You, you're eradicating your opponent's stuff wherein you can just get in with your dude. He's got one more thing here, too. Whenever a creature deals combat... Whenever a creature dealt damage by Zergo Helm Smasher, this turn is uh, put into dies, a yeah. put a plus one, plus one counter on him, so he gets even bigger. Yep. So what you do is cast Wrath of God, kill everything, swing in at the player whose creatures just died, take seven. Yep. You just do that every turn. Yep. He's your win condition. Like in a lot of control decks, you're building up to your win condition, whereas this one, he's right there. You always have him in your opening hand. You always have him. He's always yep. there for he you. He is card number eight. And on turn four or five, when you cast him, you cast him, pass go. Next turn, Wrath of God, take seven. Next turn, Day of Judgment, take seven. Yep. Next turn, Damnation, take seven. Yep. And Oof. eventually they're going to run out of gas, and you're probably going to have something to draw your cards. You're going to be playing Phyrexian Arena. You're going to be playing something that's going to get you some more card advantage. Ooh, I like me some Phyrexian Arena. Yeah, and good, every good yeah. card. Yeah, you're going to be drawing three cards a turn. One of those is probably going to be a Wrath because you're probably going to be playing like 19 of them, and you just keep <laughs> the crap out of the way and you just beat wholesale ass in. I had Zergo in my Voltron section for the same reason. He's indestructible, and he only needs to hit you three times. So you just give him unblockable, hit, 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 or... Give him plus seven, plus X, whatever, don't care. Yep. And he only has to hit you twice. Yep. Right? Just so load him up with We're going to talk and... about that when we hit the Voltron section because there's some key numbers that you want your creatures to have. Correct. Uh, I got Damia Sage of Stone as she's a control a good one. example. She's yeah, an excellent so one. She's a 4-4, four, four, huh, death touch. <laughs> Skip your draw step. Wait a second, that sounds terrible. That sounds awful. But she lets you draw up to seven-card hand each turn. Does it say seven? On the card? She says at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have fewer than seven cards in hand, draw cards equal to the difference. Okay. So you got one card in your hand, you draw six. That's pretty, pretty good. Excellent. Yep. And she always makes sure that you have has that you have resources. And she's got death touch, so people don't even want to swing in, right? She's a deterrent. Yeah, she's, good, a, she's a blocker. A, she's a great control. General. And yep. she's the colors that you kind of want. You got green for ramp, you got blue for the actual control, you got black to deal with creatures. You're pretty much certainly set up. a good comp or a control general for sure. Yeah, who do I got? Let me think. Dragonlord Ojitai, I thought was a good one. Yeah, I do like that. Again, a blue in the cost. Yep. So you're starting to see a common trend, I guess, like you saw red in the cost of a lot of the aggro some ones. of the aggro decks. Now 
okay, we get it. Each color kind of has its own identity and flavor of what it wants to do. Let's give Vojitai a read here. He is a 5-4 flying elder dragon, and he has hexproof as long as it's untapped. And when Dragonlord Orjitai deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom in any order. He likes super loots. Yep. He just he's card advantage. That's what he is. Yeah. He swings and card selection. Advantage. Yep. You get to see lots of stuff and you get to select from that lots of stuff. He's right? both modes of top without having to have a top. Ooh, top. Yeah. Yep. 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 I like he's, that. And he's, he's a and he's a five five. Five five for five flyer. Sorry, five four for five flyer yeah so he's a pretty good beater yeah so he's a, again he's a good if you need a finisher he's he's right there for you yeah i got one more that i want to touch on because and it's blue i get it but yeah. it uh, very much is a good example it talking is, prototypes blue generally has the best control stuff but suppose, as with yeah. zergo he's not blue it has nothing great, to do with blue and he's a great control card yeah i got talran sky summoner oh whenever you cast baby. an instant or sorcery spell put a 2-2 flying drake into play so he not only lets you deny and control what your opponent is doing with a lot of powerful spells, he also gives you that card advantage back in the form of 2-2 flying attackers. Yep. So instead of comboing out to win, you could just make an army of flying dudes to attack and block with, and that's how you could win. Correct. And you just win the, again, you win the long game yep. while you, uh, I guess, finally overturn in late game, the aggro deck, once it's run out of gas and can't keep up with the high top end of the control decks. Your old uh, philosophy of stabilize at one. Oh, yeah, I like stabilizing at one. Yeah, you're hemorrhaging life, but as long as you got one left in a control deck, you're still in the game. Yep. If you're playing a good control deck. So let's recap here. Strengths. Rewards. I got rewards people for making optimal game decisions, and that's where the, oh, I'm better than you because I play control mentality comes from, right? When you're overseeing the entire game as the control player, that... Those in-game decisions that you're making for, I guess, the betterment of yourself, but also the whole table, um, that's what the control deck can excel at. That's the thing that I, that's why I don't like to play control because it's too meta heavy. You really need to know what every deck does all the time. And that's the thing about control is there is no catch-all, right? There is no perfect control deck. Right. Um, The control deck, again, like we've said a few times, is predicated by the aggro deck. Yep. How controlly do you have to be? Well, that depends on how aggro the aggro deck is. Yep. Right. So, who's like, the beatdown? Ooh, who's the beatdown? Yeah. That yeah. is important. Read it. Just search it on Google. It's yeah. the first thing that comes up. I guarantee it. Yes. So, just playing control. I feel it's punishing if you don't know that meta game. Like, if you're playing control, you're sitting there. You got five counter spells in your hand. You have enough mana to play two of them. You got four other guys, and if you don't know what yeah. they're doing, it's really possible to be like, I play Cranko. Well, I'll counter that. You have to have some yeah, you gotta really some experienced or heightened sense of awareness of what's good in magic yeah. and what's not good in magic, I yeah. guess, right? And I think that's where that sense of superiority that we both kind of see in control players sometimes yeah, it just, comes it, from. It like, irks oh, me, right? Because I know the metagame so well I can control these big huge games. Yeah. So it gives me that real it makes me really happy when again I counter spells with my face. <laughs> I don't even have to spend cards for it. I don't even need a force to stop you from doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I just that's look right. at you really hard. That's you, right. Yeah. A couple other notes for benefits is it does force people to interact on the control decks axis, right? Yep. This is what you're trying to do, but I don't like that. So I'm going to make you do it this way. Exactly. You want to attack? Well, you're going to have to pay two or four or six mana every time you want to attack me. Yep. Something like that. Propaganda, right? things like that. Yeah. And it's defensive. 
So you can put up the walls and it can just sit there. Yeah, pillow and, fort, and, I think. Yeah, is the... pillow fort is is maybe what you'll hear, like we talked about ramp or or um, mid range, mid range, exactly. all those things. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So the weakness is slower than aggro. Yes. We've beat that, is, that one to death. That's a big weakness when it comes even in EDH too with combo. If you're slower than the combo deck and a control deck in EDH, it's a lot harder to and, recover from that because combo is just going to be Some hard. combos are vicious, right? When yeah. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But, when, I mean, we've got access to every single card in Magic barring the few banned ones. Yeah. Some combo decks are vicious and control deck does have to be fast, yeah. right? Or at least control the early game, which is... It's tricky to do sometimes. It can be hard to, to control an early game of EDH with a control deck because you're basically one for oneing resources at that point and you never yeah, want to do Yeah, it never wants to one for one, but it is going to have to one for one in early game with spot removal and counter spells before mm-hmm. it can catch back up. So that's one of its disadvantages is it does want to play the card advantage game, but it can't early game, then has to catch up. Yeah, because you've got to use your counter spell on that Sol Ring because sometimes you've got to do that. Yeah, <laughs> heaven yeah. forbid. Yeah. And the other thing I got as a as a potential weakness, I guess, is if you are going to mix a combo in to win in your control deck, what happens if something happens to it? Something gets removed, something gets countered because you as a control deck are playing an even controllier deck. Yeah. And you have to play the beatdown and then you get controlled and can't win with yeah. your combo. And somebody's, what is it, surgical extraction? or Something like that. Yeah, gesture's cap or mask effects, surgical yeah. effects. And they just take your combo out. And that now could certainly got? happen in one of those big five or six player games yeah. because more than one person is going to try to be playing the control at the table, right? Yep. So anything else with control before we move on? That's all I can really think of. I'm not the big control. You're more the control guy here than me. Yeah, I guess we'll, like we did with Edgar, we'll jump back when we talk about combo because combo and I think combo and control really mesh well together and they bleed into each other a little bit, which uh, we'll get to in a sec. Yes. Combo. Combo. Now, combo is my jam. It's my favorite. I like control. I liked Edgar a little bit more, but combo is my, is the tits. What? What does that even mean? I don't understand Uh, that expression. Do you understand know. that expression? Uh, like, no. What if you don't? What if you're not a boob guy? What if you're a bum guy? You know, well, like, if you're a bum guy and you like combo, then combo is the bum. Yeah, that fair. doesn't like, sound good though. Yeah, why not? I don't. Wow. Don't judge people's <laughs> lifestyles, Ryan. That's not we're not. That's not what we're about on this show. Everybody is welcome at the cookout. Yes, the yes. cookout. <laughs> now combo doesn't really care what other players are trying to do. Now, these are the decks that if you're going to play one of these. The odds are you're going to win, and then you're just going to have to sit there and drink beer. Yeah. And watch oh, everybody else finish congratulations. the game. Congratulations. You beat everybody infinitely on turn four with Animar. Get out of here, you bum. Yeah. Leave. We're going to finish the game because we don't feel like shuffling for another 10 minutes. To, yeah. Yeah. Which is fine because I like doing that. Yeah. You get the, <laughs> you get the good feels out of that. Yeah, for sure. Yep. It wants to do its own thing. It doesn't care that aggro is attacking it. Combo decks typically don't care how, what their life total is at. Now. There are some exceptions. I'm thinking right off the top, Ad Nauseam. Yes, you need life in Ad Nauseam. Yep. Um, typically, the black card draw spells, they just, because black can do anything at the cost of paying life. Yeah. Or, Except kill enchantments. I suppose. Damn it. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to mention that there are sort of two forms of combo decks. Yes. And the one form is the entire deck is a combo. Yep. Right? The whole deck is all working together to do one thing. It only does that one thing. Yeah. I'm thinking of 
milling your whole graveyard or sorry, milling your whole library into your graveyard, then reanimating everything all at once to swing for the win. Yep. That's kind of a whole deck type thing. I'm thinking of your Sidisi deck yep. with Hermit Druid. Hermit Druid. The whole deck is built to take advantage of to find and to take advantage of Hermit Druid. Yep. To put your whole to flip your library upside down into your graveyard and then you win. Uh-huh. You you're recognizing a theme here already? Yep. Uh, utilize all portions of the game. Yeah, all areas that you could possibly put a card in. Yeah. Everything has to work together. Well-oiled machine, much like aggro, but to the max. Well-oiled machine because you're going to use the cards in your hand, the cards in your library with tutors. You're going to use cards in your graveyard. You're going to use your commander. Yep. Your commander could very much be the cornerstone of your combo deck. I'm thinking of, I've got two for sure, Animar being one. He's probably the dirtiest combo deck that that utilizes the commander specifically. Yep. Uh, and I also have, that I've talked about on the show a little bit, Balthor the Defiled. Right. Get your whole graveyard full, reanimate everybody. All Go the enters it, yeah. the battlefield effects trigger, sacrifice, all the sacrifice abilities trigger, your whole your whole opponent all of your opponents are dead. <laughs> they all die. I've got, on, on my side, I've got like Sliver Overlord does the same thing. He just makes the deck go. He finds all he finds all your pieces, does all the stuff for you. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the other kind of combo deck, it would be... Like Sidisi. We're just, it's just the deck and Sidisi's just there to I'm thinking, sort of enable stuff. Is that what, uh, what you're thinking? Kind of. I'm thinking of, okay, let's say you put 10 or 11 different two-card combos into one deck. Right. And bunch of tutors so if you draw piece a you can find piece b yeah. with a tutor yeah. or if piece a interacts with piece b c or d then you can find piece b c or d and combo out that way yeah. and you just have a very high i guess concentration of combos yes so those are the two kinds and both are greasy and equally hated both are greasy and equally hated the first kind where your whole deck is trying to do that thing, I think that those are generally more accepted. Yes. Because the whole deck is kind of doing one thing, right? Yeah, yeah like me playing Sidisi, people are waiting for that Hermit Druid. Exactly. So you have a, there's a crux, there's that, there's that crux point where you know, okay, we got to pinpoint this. Or if you're playing something else, like you know there's a, there's a piece, if we can deal with that piece when it happens, we know that he's going off, we can stop it. That's... That's the the point I think of of that one. Whereas with the many small combos, it's like, oh, you got an intruder alarm. Yeah, what exactly. What are the other cards that abuse intruder alarm do you have in your hand that's going to make you win? Yeah, exactly. Like mind over matter. Exactly. Mind over matter. Temple bell. And yep. you stick a bunch of other tap to draw card effects with mind over matter, My, which is enchantment for blue, 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 blue two. Discard a card to tap or untap target artifact, creature, or land. So you tap to draw a card with Temple Bell, make everybody else draw a card, then you discard the card to untap Temple Bell. Do it again. Rinse and repeat until everybody mills themselves. Yeah, and, or until somebody finds their grip. That's my. That's the best feeling Yeah, in the that's world. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, play your Cross and Grip. Yep. Yep. Get your Cross and Grip, kids. Yeah. So those kind of run the feel bads as opposed to decks that are the entire deck is the combo. And when you go back to, let's say, like a modern or legacy example, people talk about red deck wins or just straight up burn yeah. is how many deal three damage to your face effects can I play in a row to kill you? To make you die, yeah. Right? Or the storm deck. How many cards do I have to play in a row before I can just grape shot you to death? Yeah. Right? That's the whole deck being designed to do one thing 
as a combo. Correct. And those, I think, are pretty well accepted. Yep, I agree. Okay, so the other thing, card advantage, tempo advantage, control decks can do both. Sorry, yes. combo decks can do both. Yes, they can. And, and they want to do both. Or, and they can do one or the other. I've got a couple examples here when when we talk about Narset, Brea, or Marilyn of the Morn Song. Marilyn the Morn Song? Mar- yeah. Those Marilyn's. are card advantage combo decks. Yes. And Marilyn is the coolest example because pretty much 85 swamps, couple tutors, Marilyn <laughs> Dark Ritual, Ad Nauseam. Yep. Right? So you play Marilyn on turn three, two or three, depending on if you've got any rituals or uh, like a Lotus Sol- Petal. Or a Sol Ring. Or yeah. a Sol Ring. And she lets you, instead of drawing a card, players pay three life and search for a card. Right? So you search for Ad Nauseam. Ad Nauseam, when you cast it for five, lets you reveal cards from the top of your library, taking damage equal to their casting cost per card. And because you run 85 swamps, you can re- you can put your whole deck into your hand. Yeah. The, the, com- the total combined casting cost of your deck is probably like 37. Not even. Not even that. Not like, even. Yeah, like you're not going to die. Not even. You draw your whole deck. You put down a glacier, glacial chasm, which prevents all damage to you. And then you play Sickening Dreams and discard your whole hand of 90 mm. cards. Yep. Deals 90 damage to each player. And because you have Glacial Chasm, you take zero damage. And you win. And you win. And that's like turn four, turn five. Yep. And every then single you, game. And then you sit there and drink beer while your friends finish the game. That is probably the extreme example of yeah. complete deck build for combo. Correct. Right? Narset is kind of like that as well in that... When you attack with Narset, you reveal cards from the top of your library. I think four per turn or four per attack. Sure. And then you can cast instant sorcery ones for free. And wouldn't you know, you just jam your deck with a whole bunch of extra turn effects. So every time you attack with... Extra turn, extra combat phase to get more Yes, and extra combat phase. So every time you attack, you get to attack again for free or take an extra turn for free. And that's a greaser too. Yeah, that's a bad one. People hate that deck. Yeah. Does F.U. Ben play that one? Uh, He used to. If you, Ben. Yeah, he took it apart because it was too greasy. Thanks, and ben. I think he wanted to use the other, some of the cards in Modern. And I think he also wants to be on the show. So maybe we can. Really? Well, he's got a down. Brea deck, and I've got Brea down in our combo section. He's got Brea eggs. We've talked about that before. Oh, There's yeah. a super sweet eggs Brea list on Commander Society. Yes. That's yes, a good, we did. Good, good little video. Um, Animar plays a tempo advantage deck style because Animar is going to give you a discount on all the cards that you're playing. So you're going to get more velocity out of it. And you flip that velocity into uh, untap effects or card draw effects that you're going to play for a further discount. Yes. And you just run through your whole deck until you can swing in with like a crater hoof behemoth. So another example of decks that are generally accepted as being good decks and use the entire deck as part of the combo. Correct. So I very much like them. I could talk about combo deck theory all day, but we have to continue moving on. So I want to talk about the strengths of the combo decks. Element of surprise. Element of surprise is key to them. They can win out of nowhere. Or from nothing. Like my my sliver deck, as long as I have one of three things. We've said before, eight mana, right? And I win. Yeah. Eight mana, one piece, I win, period. Unless you interrupt me. If you just sit there and, oh, he's got eight mana and one thing, I will Well, and that's you. part of the intricacies of playing combo, right? Yep. Is you have to look around the board and say, okay, what mana does everybody have up? What could they do? Yep. If everybody's tapped out. You just win. And yeah. that's awesome. That's a good, that's a cool feeling. Very much so. It's like, hey, guys, you're all dumb. I win. 
Wee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a thing. Um, certain death. We talked about stabilizing at one in control. Yep. Combo decks can stabilize at one and win. Yes, they can. So that's yeah. a cool thing. Offensive or defensive, depending on the build. Yes. Yes. If you've got creatures in your deck as part of the combo, but you've got a different combo in your hand, if you're one of those that just stacks 10 different two-carters in your deck, play a bunch of creatures out until you have the second half of your combo and then win with that after you've played the control game. Or it's my snake's backup. That's my snake backup plan where you yeah, play aggressively. We, until we talked you can about get the, that in the Sashiro episode. Yeah, and you get the big mana hurricane just kind of, it's yeah. your backup strategy, yeah. but your Kamal got exiled or your overrun effects got exiled. Yeah. So now you've got to use your big mana to do hurricane everybody to death yeah. or Genesis wave for the rest of my deck. Yeah, that works. Yeah. There is one other, um, major archetype. Now, again, just generally speaking, high level, the aggro decks are going to beat the combo. Control is going to beat aggro. Combo is going to beat control. It is complex. That is high level. Um, and they do bleed together. Yes. There's right? a lot of in-betweens for all of these things. There are aggro combos. Like when we talked about Hope of Girapur, we called it an aggro control combo. Yeah. That's what we called it. Or a Voltron aggro combo. That's yeah, what we called it. A Voltron aggro combo. Yeah, because you could equip your World Slayer like we... We're going to talk about Wazergo, but didn't. Yeah. To your Hope of Gearport, and every time your Hope of Gearport hits, if it's got a dark steel plate on it, yep. it's going to hit and it's going to destroy everything. It's going to hit yep. and destroy everything, yep. right? And you've... So you could you could have some control mixed in yep. there. You could have control you use your that... Voltron General to control the game to combo a win. Yeah. It's... Or you could take infinite attack steps in a aggro deck. Yep. And that would be a combo. Correct. Right? The uh, what is that? Uh, Sort of feasted and famine and hellkite charger. Yep. Yep. That That's would work. aggro and combo. Yep. That would work. Yep. Now there is one other thing though. There is this Voltron thing. Yes, that's only existent in, in EDH. Yeah. It's predicated entirely on you having your general, like we talked about before with Zergo. Yeah. It's you have him all the time, so you can build a deck that needs that card because you're never going to not have that specifically takes advantage of that card as a means to attack to win like you can abuse that one thing to win games and in a lot of other magic it's like oh i just need my i need my ad nauseum i I can't win without ad nauseum well if your ad nauseum was literally in your opening hand before you draw your hand that's what voltron is oh that would be so sick wouldn't that be sick every deck would be black and run ad ad nauseum everyone just be ad nauseum everyone or, or Tamanoa. Tamanoa. Yeah. Tamanoa. I yeah. love it. <laughs> okay, so for any of the newer commander players, when we say Voltron, what we're referring to is suiting up one dude, in this case your general, yep. and beating in with it. Because when you deal combat damage, 21 points of it, Correct. to one opponent, that with, opponent dies. Yeah, with your commander. Regardless of life total, regardless of poison counters, regardless of board presence, regardless of anything, yep. you 21 die. combat damage. Correct. You did. Yep. And for that reason, I guess Voltron decks can kind of resemble an aggro deck because you're just trying to beat in for 21 as fast as you can. Yep. Right? But it's with one giant dude. And that's what they call it a Voltron. Have you ever seen the cartoon Voltron? It's a combination of lion robots that makes one giant humanoid robot that defends the galaxy <laughs> yes. all by itself. Yep. And that's what a Voltron does. It fights the galaxy all by itself. Yep. And it can 
also kind of resemble a combo deck. Yep. Because you're chaining a bunch of effects together to uh, get a greater effect than if you played them all individually. Exactly. Right? And it can also resemble a control deck. <laughs> because you, well, you control to keep your dude alive, right? You control of- to keep your dude alive and you control to clear the path. And while an aggro deck can do that, a control deck proper might have one big beater in there like an Emrakul, not an Emrakul, but an Ulamog or a Kozilek to beat in as a finisher. And your Voltron deck, your commander is your finisher. Exactly. And we talked about the important numbers that they want to have. I've got a Voltron deck that has a commander with a converted mana cost of six. Lots of ramp so he can still get in there. And he's got haste. Haste might be important. Low converted mana cost, lower than six anyways. Important. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Three, four. It's probably where your Voltron deck wants to live. That's where your Omnath, Locus of Mana, comes into play. He's a really good one. Yep. So if you're not playing aggro ramp Omnath, you could play Voltron ramp Omnath. We'll give him a read here. He is a 1-1 for green and two. And green mana doesn't empty from your mana pool as steps and phases end. So that's how you get your ramp to play other aggressive creatures. And Omnath Locus of Mana gets plus one, plus one for each green mana in your mana pool. So if you wanted to just keep that ramp attached to Omnath in the form of plus one, plus one counters, you just beat in by giving them unblockable or whatever, or trample, and uh, get 21. That little rogue's passage, little horned helmet yeah. we always go back to rogue's passage yeah, that, that's it's so good rogue's passage gets you utility lands i'm gonna steal it again yep it is the voltron land if you're playing a voltron deck and you don't have and, a rogue's passage and cathedral of war yep you're you're doing it wrong if you don't have those two lands in it yeah you you gotta have it yep. you're, you're very very it much like that yep and i guess the important numbers or or power checkpoints the main one that people talk about is seven Seven times three, if you get in for three hits, is 21. Yep. After that, you got to go all the way up to 11. 11 is two hits, yep. 22. Then after that, you got to go all the way up to 21 to do a one hit. Right. And that can happen. Oh, yeah, I've seen that happen lots of yep. times. That's I've an Omnath s- thing. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen double combat step phases or double combat step cards get in with like an 11 and 11. Right. And in... Rorik's Bladewing, I've even had him at eight or nine and had three combat phases. So okay. he was he was he was between seven and eleven and I right. hit three times for greater than yeah. twenty one. To do Voltron, you gotta have those numbers in your head. You gotta realize that when you're playing a Voltron deck, playing a six six is less just not quite there. It's right? not there because it's an extra turn, it's an extra time you gotta get in there. And playing a seven seven, while great, yeah. playing a nine nine is basically the same as playing a, a seven, seven seven. That's right. When we talked about how to as the control player or or, or any player, how do I not give the other player an extra turn? By well you're, that extra power. you're making them get an extra turn just by having your dude, your general, as a six six. Yep. Right? So I mean, either pick a different one or pick one that with the equipment in your deck becomes a 7-7 seven, seven fairly easily. Yes. Because when you when you go down from the 7 checkpoint to the 6 checkpoint, you're looking at 4 hits. Yep. Right? 4 hits to 24. And right? then at 5, you're looking at 5 hits. You're looking yeah. at, like, it's 
it's noticeable change and it can yeah. lead to disaster. You're not, in a four-player game, you're not really looking at one extra turn. You could be looking at a potential of three extra turns, one for each opponent, yeah. right? And that's why I don't like playing not that you're gonna kill, myself. You're not going to yeah. kill all your opponents in in that one turn that you're going to take in that example. Yeah. But let's say you have a whatever, a 7-7 or an 8-8, and you're giving them one extra turn. Well, that's a big creature. It might die, right? Yeah. It's it's a thing. It's 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 a tricky uh, yeah. balance you got to strike, and that's why I don't like playing because they are kind of fragile. You need that one dude. So if you can't protect him, you don't have a whole lot else going for you. And Voltron, when uh, when we're talking about our spicy calculator, Voltron kind of falls off the radar because it can't necessarily cope with those five or six player games. So when we talk about alt, alt- Mac, optimal game size, optimal game size, it. Um, it tends to not score very well in that department because optimal game size for Voltron decks is two or three players, yeah. right? That's where your Zer the Enchanter comes into yeah. play. And, and two in the optimal, two in the optimal game size category is um, less spicy than five yep. in the it's optimal how, game size. It's category. how things work. Yeah. What are some good uh, like other than Omnath? What do we got for? Sweet Voltron commanders. My well, pers- I, I had Zergo Helm Smasher because he's got indestructible and seven power. Right, that's it's <laughs> that's, text, that's good right? textbook. Right, my personal favorite one is Uriel the Mist Stalker. Ooh, yeah, I like him lots. Yeah, he gets plus. No, he gets shroud as long as he's enchanted. Right. No, he just has. I think he has shroud. Let's read him. Yeah, he's a five five, so doesn't quite meet the first checkpoint, but he is five five four white, green, red, two, and he gets. Uh, Plus two, plus two for each aura attached to him. And he can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. So yeah. that's. Yeah. So once you, en- once you enchant him up, he's a 7 7. Boof! Yeah, you enchant him up again, he's a 9 9. And and plus so on whatever and so forth. bonus the enchant creature is giving him. Exactly. Like if you put a rain core on him, that's immediately going to give him plus four, plus two. Yep. Making him a 9 7. Which is basically the same as a seven seven. Yeah. But if you if they got blocks, gives them trample. Yep. It crushes over there. It's yep. good. Give if they block with a two two, he's still doing seven. Exactly. Ooh, Very yeah. important. You want to try and get in for seven as often as you can. I've got Skitherix the Blight Dragon. He's another one. Yeah. And he's for sure. he's a little bit of a special case because he only has to deal ten because he's got Infect. Yeah. Right. Infect is the exception to the Voltron rule. The exception to every rule. Yeah, that's right. So he's a he's a big beater in the air. I've got Shu Yin, Silent Tempest. Also, yes. And he's a 3-2, but every time you cast a non-creature spell, he gets plus one, plus one. Right. If the non-creature spells you're casting are pump spells or enchantments that pump him, he gets really big really quick. He could pay two when you cast a spell to give him double strike. So all of a sudden, if he's got seven power or more and you give him double strike, mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's 14 or greater than 11 so right. he turns into a two pump chump yes <laughs> or i've even had him as big as one punch nice 21 power right? that's also a good feeling yeah uh, i also like um bruna light of alabaster you know that one? Oh, which one is that the that one is that the angel that whenever, enchantments, it, right? whenever it attacks or blocks you can take any aura from your graveyard from Ooh, your hand yes. or i think that your opponents have too and stick them on her she is insane i don't want to say she's broken because she's a super build around card and she's super situational but she is insane as a general and she's blue white so you can play her in a nice control shell and she's a she's a very very good card 
Yeah. Now she falls into the the trap that I talked about with Rorik's Bladewing where she costs six. Yeah. But this was one of the cards that was in that big six-player game that I got bent over in when I was playing Sisse. Yep. She is blue, white, white, three, flying, vigilance, five, five. So not quite there yep. other than flying, which is excellent the flying for is excellent. a Voltron commander, right? Yep. Um, whenever Bruna Light of Alabaster attacks or blocks, you may attach to it any number of auras on the battlefield and you may put onto the battlefield cards that were... Sorry, I'm going to start that over again. <laughs> Whenever Bruna Light of Alabaster attacks or blocks, you may attach to it any number of auras on the battlefield, and you may put onto the battlefield, attach to it any number of aura cards that could enchant it from your graveyard and or hand. Insane. So like, even if you kill it, like normally when you kill, like say, Uriel, all those enchantments that are on and they fall off, they're gone. With this one... You attack and well, you kill it, and then next time she swings or blocks, which is crazy, all that stuff just comes back. Yes. You have to deal with it over and over and over again. That Eldrazi conscription, it's never going away. Yep. you got to do something to get rid of the she graveyard. She is like a reoccurring card advantage machine. Yes. You could play her like a control deck. Yep. She's even got the right colors. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I would play her in a control deck, absolutely. She's yeah. a great finisher. For sure. So to recap, I guess, strengths, we've got fast, like aggro. Yep. Wins out of nowhere. Can like much combo. Like, much like a combo. And can put off dying long enough to beat in. Yes. Like the control deck. Exactly. So it's kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. Yes. With um reoccurring card advantage yeah. in your commander. Yeah. You can get people to get a little butthurt at of Ultron General too. Like you do other things, oh you're gonna attack with Omnath again. Skitherix or Rafika the awesome. Manny. Yeah, you just Yeah, people yeah. don't like to see yeah. those guys because the, they're very, yeah. very good. It falls into the they're not spicy thing. It's just like Yeah, man, lots of lists. Yeah, every game's the same. They do one thing. Yep. No unique gameplay experience. Correct. Yep. Um weakness. Well timed spot removal. Every time. Just like it. early on, we're talking Jeet on Hope of Girapur. Yeah, where where were you Ooh. without where were you without your creatures? Full circle. Yeah, you're nowhere. Yeah, got yeah. there. Yeah, um, more limited commander selection. Yeah, absolutely, you're, you're not just going to jam an eight drop commander like uh, uh, Tromokratos. Yeah, excellent because he gets in and isn't blocked all the time, but he costs eight. Yeah, he's not very good. No good. Yeah, and suffers from dilution effect and what that means is if you're using a small commander that requires a lot of buffs yep. like you, your isidoru how to hound of conda or whatever yeah, it's called you've got to put all of that stuff in there it's kind of like zada effect in that you need all of the certain pieces to play zada to make the deck yep. um, dilution effect is like if you want to put something in there to support um, a more aggro strategy or a more control strategy you're going to lose the voltron ability yeah. so you kind of have to like aggro build it with a very specific point at the end of the it, weapon right exactly you got to have all five lines to make voltron yeah so same thing i got one more thing to say about Vol voltron as well if you okay. don't have voltron in your metagame play yeah. life gain yeah right because yeah. you can't gain any of those 21 points of life back that the voltron commander does to you even if you gained a thousand life you have infinite life? Who cares? Doesn't care. You I take, have your early miss, stalker. Eat it. Yeah, you took 21. You're going to die. Yep. If you don't have that in your play group, play life gain because it's good. Yep. And not that incidental, or sorry, not that kind where it's like two mana for six life. Play the incidental kind that just randomly gains you two life throughout the game like Aloro does. Spirit link, vampiric link. 
things that just give things like just to who did, give who you did we talk about last uh in the marchesa episode we talked about vampire nighthawk yeah oh i love them so good yeah so how does it transfer to deck building all of that that we just talked about for the last x amounts of minutes and the hours la- the last hour we talked about first and foremost i guess the message is be creative right we talk about being creative being spicy picking off the beaten path things yep. or like you've said you purposely didn't play it for some reason right yeah try and do that like have a goal, of course, if you're building aggro, building combo, whatever it is, have a goal, but try and reach that goal in a way that isn't um, export deck list from edhrec.com. Yes, right? very important. Right. Build your own thing, yeah, right? Like, like, yes, there are decks that are typically going to be, I want to play the best aggro deck, and you can find that. There is a probably yeah. a best aggro deck. There is a best two-player. And we just, we just yeah. brought it up. There is accepted builds or builds that you just have to do again like zada we just brought it you gotta have yeah but every red cantrip right yeah but try to avoid those you just what we're it's what the goal of our show is is to help you build decks that are fun and a unique gameplay experience we're going to bring that up lots yep but these are we're talking about archetype we're talking general rules what do i want to do i want to play an aggro deck why do i want to play an aggro deck because it makes my boisterous personality have more effect at the table so how am i going to do that you have every card in Magic. You could build a mono blue aggro deck if you were really trying hard. Yeah. I wonder if I could do that. I'm doing he, it. He probably could. I'm doing it. Okay. So that leads good into the next point is stick to the plan. Yep. Right? You want to build an aggro deck? Build a deck that is aggressive. Right? It's right in the name. It tells you what to do. You're yeah. building a mono blue aggro deck. Don't jam it full of counter spells. Yeah. But- I get it. Counter spells are blue's form of removal. Yeah. Right? Counterspell is akin to terror or go for the throat, yeah. right? Or Doomblade. Yeah, but you also have Unsummon. You have Pongify. Like, yeah. use stuff like that. Get crap out of the way. Get creative. Find cards. If you don't know what Pongify is, go find out what Pongify is. That's a great card. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I guess make sure if you're sticking to the plan, make sure everything has a purpose. Yeah. Make sure that your plan is an actual plan and not we're just gonna, like, We're going to talk this. about purpose in the next couple episodes. The purpose yep. of this is to do that. Why yep. is that in here? Well, because it's part of the plan that I'm sticking to, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I guess to go along with that is there's always room for fun cards. Ashnod's Coupon, Sorrel's Path, yeah. right? Um, or my whole deck of Mistform Ultimus, which is on tappedout.net. Yep, check it out. Um, there's still room for fun. It's still Commander. Yeah, it's, com- it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Unless you're playing... You could control. have a fun card that's in there for a purpose, like yep. super secret tech in an all foil deck. Yeah. Super cool. Look that one up too. Yeah. Or Goblin Game. Yes. That one up. If you want to see Goblin Game. Goblin that's, Game. That's a good one. Yes. Look that up too. Or Coin Flipping. Yeah. I have a deck that, that does that. Play Boom. your Crark's Thumbs. Yep. Get those. Because then then that card has a purpose if you're playing Coin Flip.deck. Crark's yeah. Thumb, Chance Encounter. Yep. Change your life. <laughs> yes. And I guess uh, we we said it just a uh, just a couple minutes ago. Do something different. Do something different. Have fun. Be original. Be creative. Be and don't be game. lazy. I guess that's the take home is don't be lazy. Go mm-hmm. to your game store. Don't go to EDH Rec, yeah. even though that's a great resource. Yeah. Right. Use but, it as a tool. Go pick through boxes. You'll find cards that you want to play. Five thousand count boxes. Yeah. yeah you can. You'll you, find something. I bought a Phyrexian Scuda. Right. Nice. I'm digging through a five thousand count box, and there's a Phyrexian Scuda followed by a Phyrexian Negator, and I was like, I've never owned either of these cards, despite Invasion and Invasion Block, because huh? Plane Shift is my favorite set. I've never owned this card, and I just jammed it into a deck that we're going to talk about in our next arc. And uh, 
there's something about holding the card in your hand when you find it and you discover yeah. that card again from 1999. It's mm-hmm. like, oh man, I want to play this. Long. And it was like 39 cents. Yeah, like why not? Well, I mean, looking through cards the other day, I found Grove Rumbler. Grove Rumbler. Who knows what Grove Rumbler is? I didn't, but it's a good Omnath card. Yep. So I got one. Like it, you can find neat stuff if you just look around and you can do some creative, interesting stuff. That I guess the, uh, the higher level message, if we're trying to stick to the high level message here, is... Uh, engage yourself in the game experience the game right go out and trade people go to your your local game store dig through cards look in the showcase right find the stuff that that you want to play with that you want to do don't just go to the de facto list exactly yeah that's archetype is the de facto list we're giving you an archetype but build on it yeah that's right not every house is built the same not every deck is built the same not every game should go the same that's why we're doing this show you can talk to people and and i like watching people or watching yourself um that's a big thing that's a big thing for online players is they go back and watch their own games yeah i like uh watching other people play because you see their hand and you see the decisions that they make and you say oh would i have done that right talk about your games after you play oh if i had one more man i would have done this or i should have done that knowing this right lines of play that you missed that's it that's why we talk about lines of play yep so experience the game that's the message that's the yeah that's i mean that's what you should be doing anyway that's why you're probably listening to the show is to get a better experience out of your game yeah that's what we aim to do here is to increase your magic experience that's it and we're going to continue increasing your magic experience in our next show we talk about aggro cranko on the next episode of CCO Podcast, I'm Brando. I'm Ryan. Hit our theme song. Woo!